Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. What's up everyone? This is episode 50 of the Membership Guys podcast. That's right, episode 50. A nice milestone. We're very proud to hit that. Thank you so much for downloading this episode and for joining me for another show. I am, of course, your host, Mike Morrison, one half of the Membership Guys. And this is a show in which we give you proven practical tips, advice, tactics, rants, ramblings, and whatever else comes tumbling out my mouth on the topic of membership websites. Now, I'm so, so uh, honoured and so, so excited to hit this landmark episode. Now, I know there's episodes out there, there's other podcasts you can be listening to that have been going on for years and their episode count is in the hundreds and hundreds, but, you know, we've been going for less than a year now and we've had such a great reaction and our listenership is just continuing to grow you guys have been very kind with your feedback and uh, with questions reviews ratings all that sort of stuff so i just want to say thank you so much for sticking with us and for choosing to spend a little bit of time with me every week i do hope that uh, this podcast has been of some use to you so I want to do something a little bit different, a little bit special for the show. We've interviewed some fantastic people over the past year. Uh, People like Chris Ducker, like Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, Amy Schmittauer, um, James Schramko. We have had some great chats with those guys and more, and we'll have plenty more of those to come in the future as well. And I quite enjoyed those episodes where it's literally just me, a microphone and an opinion or a topic to really dive into. So I wanted to do something that wasn't an interview and wasn't just me uh, ranting and rambling about something. So I've actually arranged a live Blab Q&A. If you're not familiar with Blab, Blab's like a video um, call-in kind of panel-based Uh, service where you know you have hosts people can come along they can chat with you they can actually jump onto the video and and take part that way so we've never done one of those before and uh, in typical kind of last minute fashion I scheduled it in last week and uh, got the time wrong in my diary so I actually thought it was later in the day than it it ended up being so we got off to a little bit of a slower start, but it was pretty cool because there was just myself and Callie, who is, of course, the other half of the membership guys, and who a lot of you guys are constantly on my case about getting onto the show. Now, she's only been on the Membership Guys podcast once before. This is very much my terrain, people. So uh, <laughs> it was nice to actually record a bit of chit-chat with Callie, um, talking about memberships in general, a couple of areas in particular. And then as the Q&A went on, we had some more people show up, we had some questions sent in, and we were joined on the stream by Pascal Fintoni, who is a filmmaker and a video marketer too. So we chatted a bit about memberships with him and a little bit about video marketing. So very good chat. I really enjoyed it. A lot of people seem to uh, enjoy being a part of it. And we're already getting some uh, feedback coming in off the replays and so on. So what we've done for this episode is uh, I've taken the audio from that Q&A. So it's a a bit of a chat, almost interview type thing with myself and Callie, as well as uh, some 
involvement with Pascal and some questions answered from the community. I will warn you, it gets a little sweary, and not in an over-the-top way, but I get onto my soapbox and deliver a little bit of a hellacious rant uh, from about 10 minutes or so in. So if you are of a sensitive disposition, then I recommend you don't listen to this episode. But if you want to hear me really go off about snake oil salesmen and dodgy online marketers, then I've got a feeling you're going to like this particular episode. Now, apart from cutting off the beginning, where obviously we're doing sound checks and what have you, and the end where we're wrapping up and telling people to check out the podcast, the audio you're going to hear is completely uncut, completely off the cuff, nothing scripted, nothing written, nothing prepared, and it's unedited. So it's the full audio from the Q&A session that we did. Um, We did avoid the temptation to censor out a little bit of the swearing and so on, but hey, we thought we'll leave it in. So if that's not your bag, then just knock off this episode. Thank you for listening thus far. But if you're up for it, it's definitely worth listening to. I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to jump right in now to our Q&A session hosted live this afternoon. So, memberships. Membership websites. Do you like membership <laughs> websites, Kelly? I love membership websites, funnily enough. <laughs> uh, what would you say? Uh, it's almost this is going to turn into a little interview of Callie here. Oh dear, you didn't prepare me for that. I really didn't prepare for that. I didn't prepare myself for it. So you know, <laughs> um, what would you say? Because this whole thing started with with you. Um, as much as I like to prattle on, and uh, I do like to sound my own voice, this whole membership thing started with Callie. Callie was the one who first got really hooked in the area of memberships and recurring revenue and all that sort of stuff, particularly the types of membership sites that we build, which are typically e-learning sites, community sites, and so on. So um, what is it you would say for the membership model is your your favorite thing? What makes the membership model so compelling to you as a, a business model? Oh, you're starting with the hard stuff. I I would say it's two things. The first is that it's an awesome way of utilizing all the knowledge that you have and turning it into something that can help a lot of other people. So far more than one-to-one services, which was what we were both doing beforehand. Mm -hmm. So it's a great way of actually, you know, helping more people with the knowledge that you have and leveraging your time better in doing that and also the again it comes to the leveraging time the benefit of that recurring income um, from a one-to-many kind of site versus one-to-one services is you know it makes for such a a better lifestyle to a large degree because we were we were both working just with clients originally separately um, you know, I was uh, kind of overlapping in some ways to like eventually obviously overlapping in more ways, but we were both doing that time for money kind of thing with our own businesses. And then we partnered up like Power Rangers. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually too old to use Power Ranger. I've never seen it. So it's was, lost on me. At the time when it all, when Power Rangers were the thing, I was too old to. That was more my brother's kind of age group, but still, that's my excuse. Anyway, um, so yeah, so we team up and then we start working um, together. But again, still time for money, still one-on-one services with clients. 
And I think you'd agree, we've had some seriously great clients who oh, we've, yeah. loved, we've loved working with. And obviously doing the services side of things has helped us really get an insight from being the coal face of all this kind of stuff. And I think it's important to to have that experience, that knowledge and those skills um, that will underpin your membership. So it's not necessarily a bad thing doing the clients up first. Oh, yeah. And I think definitely for what we've been doing as well, you know, having experience of having built so many different membership sites for clients yeah. gives us a lot more breadth of information to talk about than if we just built one or two or we're always using the same setup or the same plugins and things. So yeah, I think, so, you know, we needed, you know, what, three or four years of dedicated membership experience in order to yeah, be able that was, to do what we're doing now. And, and that was where we were only working on memberships. And then obviously, yeah. you know, before that, memberships were just kind of a type of site that we'd we'd work on the tech and the strategy and all that stuff. But um, yeah, and I think that's, that's kind of the thing, you know, if you're a, a music teacher who again, is just doing one-on-one lessons with students. If you are a, you know, a karate instructor who, who's running small local classes once a week, you know, putting in that time, putting in those hours, perfecting your craft um, is, is a good thing. So I don't think, you know, if, if someone's maybe just left a job in one area and they're thinking of getting into online business in another area, then, I wouldn't necessarily say the idea of actually doing one-on-one stuff is a bad thing and that people should skip that altogether. I think it's important to have that sort of experience. Yeah. I, I don't know whether you can actually really jump into running something good and something of substance where you're teaching someone something if you haven't actually done that thing yourself. I suppose you could, but I, I definitely think that experience helps. Yeah, I definitely prefer it if, you know, you're, you've got experience, hands-on experience in what you're trying to teach other people. You know, yes, you can do textbook teaching, but you're never going to get the same results as if you've actually done the work yourself. Yeah, and the thing is, you're gonna, your members are going to ask you questions, and people forget this side of things. They think about how much do I know and what do I have that I can, like, create a course around. And so, you know, if somebody's lacking in knowledge or lacking in skills or experience in a particular area, then what they'll do is they'll they'll fill in the gaps just with research. You know, they'll they'll maybe look at at, at a book that covers the I was getting mocked, I was at a conference of London getting mocked repeatedly for my pronunciation <laughs> of the word book, by the way. That's just how we say it up in the north. So they might have a book or a book or whatever, um, on a particular topic and they'll kind of They'll weave in their their theoretical knowledge with maybe some stuff that, you know, practical examples that they read about or they research or they find elsewhere. Um, and you can get away with that lack of knowledge, I think, and that lack of experience in an area that you're teaching. If all you're doing is creating educational material, you and I know a lot of people do that, particularly people who just sell courses, having never actually done what they're teaching. But with the membership, your members are going to ask you questions that you can't just lift out of a book. You know, your members are going to ask for your insight, your uh, your you know experience, your practical examples of situations that you you need to have actually been in in order to give that sort of stuff. So, I think there are fewer places to hide when you have a membership, and that. Yeah. 
I'm not saying that sounds scary to people to put them off, but I'd certainly think that, um, particularly compared to like online courses, you need to know your stuff because it's not just about creating material about a subject. It's about actually helping people to understand it, answering their questions and so on. And so, like, um, you know, giving people enough information that they can actually implement things. Yeah. You know, that's the, the big thing that a lot of people forget is you can give people all the information in the world in your membership site. But if your members can't actually use that and actually put it into action and get results from it, then it it's not really doing its job. Yeah, exactly. And there's a big, big difference from basically, you know, filling someone's head with theory and, like you say, giving them enough to actually take that action. And I, I do think that's where practical experience helps you to know what that action looks like. Because if you don't know what it looks like, if all you have ever experienced on a topic is reading about it or hearing about it or you know thinking this stuff up off the top of your head then you're never going to kind of know what it actually yeah. looks like uh, for someone to put it into action and so you can't affect the action you can't inspire people to take it so uh yeah i think it's worth bearing in mind here that the kind of membership sites that we talk about as well they're not the you know you'll get people who talk about set it and forget it membership sites where you just upload some content and you have it on a content drip and people join and you never actually have any interaction with them or do anything with them and they tend to be like the really niche topics where you don't even necessarily have experience in it um that's not the kind of membership sites we we teach or that we we utilize kind of thing where we're much more fans of kind of actual hands-on membership sites and community membership sites. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, I always find that kind of thing funny. I mean, we very much um, are not the, the set it and forget it um, more internet marketing style turnkey. How can I do as little as possible and make an absolute killing? I mean, it's bullshit. It, it, It is complete bullshit there is no easy solution there is no easy answer to this so if you've got to work sorry man and if you know i've been doing this stuff for god probably about 15 years if there was a way of just following here are these 10 steps here's my 10-step formula to create a eight-figure membership no that's not a formula to create an eight-figure membership that's bollocks like I guarantee you that's not a formula to create an eight-figure membership. Otherwise, what you would be doing is sitting at home following that formula yourself over and over and over and over again. Yeah. You wouldn't be selling it for $500 or $1,000. It's it's gibberish. It's rubbish. <laughs> it's, it Tell really, us how you really feel. Yeah, it really, really is. And the problem is people do exist who want those solutions and who are seduced by that. And it's understandable that you'll be seduced by it, particularly, you know, if your expertise and your experience is in music instruction or knitting or any of the other, you know, hobby-based or in business-based areas, and you've not had exposure to these kind of tactics, and you have no reason to to doubt it when someone says, listen, there is a secret formula that, that shows you how to do this. 
And it's the first time you've ever seen anyone use these sleazy tactics, so you don't know how full of shit they actually are. Um, and they present themselves in a good way. And, oh, look, they've got all of their friends saying that they're so amazing and fantastic. You know, it's easy to be seduced, is what I'm saying. And so you have yeah. no reason to think otherwise. And um, you don't know what to look out for then you can fall foul of it. But this is the thing. If there was a formula, if there was a sequence of 10 steps that will guarantee absolutely anyone with no skills, no knowledge, no experience, just the desire to make a lot of money, if there was a formula to deliver on that, the people who possess that formula would not be selling it for anything. They wouldn't. Anything less yeah. than a if you're if you've got the secret source formula that guarantees to make someone a billion dollars, you will not be selling it for any less than a million dollars or any less than you know nine hundred. It's just it, it's it's rubbish, and it does always tickle me in particular. People who are teaching these uh, secret source formulas are about memberships, but they don't run memberships because they don't actually know how to run memberships themselves. <laughs> and they obviously have no confidence in the membership model. They just want to get your money. They want to get your $2,000 for a course and not have to put in the effort to actually be around when you find out that it doesn't work. Yeah. So I'm packing away my soapbox on that yeah. one now because uh, we get we get angry about this stuff because it takes advantage of people. I yeah, and yeah, and the amount of members we've had as well, where you know they've come to us, having, yeah. you know, been through that approach where they've been promised the the formula for a six or seven figure membership site, and you know, quickly become disenchanted with it, kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, it's taking money from people, and sometimes. You know, the people who are perhaps more seduced by this stuff are people where there is a level of urgency in their need to make money. And I don't want to use the word desperation because that's unfair, I think. I don't think it's fair to say that people buy these courses because they're desperate. But, you know, if someone's coughing up $2,000 for a course on how to uh, make their fortune and make millions with a membership site, chances are that $2,000 might actually be the the last two thousand dollars they've got you know these are people or could very well people be people and i've seen this happen people who've been made redundant from their jobs they have a redundancy package and they they don't know what to do next and they can just let that redundancy package run out paying their household bills or what have you or they can invest it in something and once you've kind of once that seduction for stuff like this kicks in your brain works very hard or can work very hard to convince you that this is the right path and to justify making this this purchase of a course or what have you. And if you're taking someone's last dollars by selling them this complete pie in the spy, pie in the spy? <laughs> Odd. Pie in the sky, hawky bullshit dream that will never be realized because you are selling snake oil, then you are a bad person and you deserve <laughs> for everything to fall apart for you. Um, and that's that's what I look at coming to, to, I think, the, the question that I first asked you, um, what attracts you most to the membership model. The thing that attracts me most to it is that 
there is no way to hide. Yeah. You have forced transparency. You cannot pick the pockets of your members. You cannot mislead them, manipulate them, sell them a you know box of junk because they're going to be in your home. They're here. They're sticking around. They're still going to be here tomorrow. You don't get to ride through town, sell your snake oil, and then disappear before anyone realizes that it's useless. Yeah. I mean, more than anything with membership sites, the relationship is is vital. You know, yeah. unlike selling a course or an ebook or something like that, you know, the sales, just the start of that relationship, it's not the end point. You know, you, exactly. you need to make sure that you give your member that awesome experience the whole way through and build that relationship not destroy it yeah and it does it comes down with that member experience and it comes down to what your priority is for setting up your membership yes you know obviously let's not pretend that we're doing what we do even us with the academy let's not pretend we're doing it just because we want to change the world one membership website at a time you know what if the very notion of membership sites were erased from all of human existence tomorrow nothing of value really is lost you know people would do something else um maybe apart from netflix because yeah i don't think people would cope without netflix now but as one say it's not life or death you know and we don't do it to to be benevolent out of the goodness of our hearts. We're not a charity. We do it because it's a business model. We do it because we make money from it. It just so happens that we make money running a membership um, that helps people. You know, it helps them achieve a result or a goal. And it doesn't matter what your topic is. That's what you're doing. You're selling change. You're selling an outcome, you're selling a result, you're selling a transformation. That transformation may just be, you know, you're helping someone who um, wants to be able to knit a cardigan. I always use knitting as an example. You really do. I do. Wants to be able to knit a cardigan for their granddaughter. It's not a world-changing transformation, but for that person, it has value and adds value to their life in, in one way or the other. So, you know, we're talking about your motivation, your reasoning for creating a membership. Yes, it's to make money. And, you know, we in particular and, and our audience, the people we want to work with, are people who care more about how the money is made than how much money yeah. is made. You know, it's very important for us for, with a membership model for the lifestyle side of things to suit what we want, for the fulfillment of knowing that we are, you know, using the full range of our skills and our knowledge and our experience to help other people that provides a lot of fulfillment. But you know, the actual motivation for you, you need to want to actually help people and deliver and, and you know, back up what you say. Yeah, I think I think that's really important. You need to care about your members' success. Yeah. Like, I mean, I love it when the members in our academy share their wins with us, whether they're big or small. You know, I absolutely love it when when they're being successful. And I also love being able to help them when they run into a problem that yeah. you know, they're not sure the solution of. You know, you have to. I think this is something that you've you've quoted previously, but you have to give a shit. Yeah. You know, to run a successful membership site, you have to actually give a shit about the success of your members and about the experience of your members. It's not just about, um, you know, dialing it in so that you can make some easy cash. 
Exactly. You know, yeah. I, I think what you said there about um, how much it matters and how much it means to see the success of our own members. And this isn't us kind of saying, you know, it's all about membership site, about membership site. So it could be anything. Yeah. You should care about the success of your members in accordance to why they join. You want yeah. your members to get to where they joined your site to get to. Yeah. Um, so the satisfaction that comes from seeing your members being successful is only multiplied when you know that you've been a part of that success in some way, shape, or form. And if that's not what gets you out of bed in the morning, if that's not what's driving your membership, then it's not going to last long, I don't yeah. think. And yeah. there, there's exceptions to the rule, let's put that. There will be someone, there's always someone when you talk about this, is like, well, you know, such and such a guy told me that all I need to do is um, research these top 10 niches and then go out and just buy um, in a pack of a 1,000 articles and put them in a membership, and, and that's all I need to do. And you know what? You can do it. But trust me, I have been doing this stuff since the mid-'90s. Every couple of years, well, not even every couple of years, every couple of months, there is a new way of cooking up your particular batch of snake oil and you can make money from it and you can make a lot of money from it and people do people have and that will never change they will for as long as they are lazy people for as long as they are greedy people there will always be a way but if your um if, if your mo is to be one of those people and just to kind of do the grab for cash then for a start, your mindset's a little bit screwed anyway. I'm just going to say it. I don't care if you're offended. Um, if that's the way you operate, you're not the kind of person who it's going to bother me if I'm offended. Sorry. Um, this is what happens when we do these impromptu things as I get quite real with it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't care if you're offended that I think you are lazy if you just want to find the hot, rich niche and then not do any work. If your whole game is to not do work and make loads of money, you're going to end up doing a lot more work than you're expecting to have to do because you are constantly going to be running around trying to chase this golden fucking goose. And you're going to lose money because you're going to strike lucky, maybe, and you're going to make a bunch of money. And you're going to think it's because you've earned it. You're going to think it's because you deserved it, and you have not. And so that money you make, you're going to lose it because you're going to get cocky, you're going to get overly confident, and you know, you're know you going to put that money into something which won't work because you don't know what works. You are just chasing around trying to find a shortcut without taking the time to do the bloody work. Develop some skills, get some experience, pick up some knowledge, and then... Create something of quality. Create something of substance, and it'll reward you, and it'll you know pay you, and then you'll no longer be offended, uh, and then you'll be the one pointing at people saying you lazy ass, do something worthwhile, do something of substance. So um, that's either going to get edited out and cut, or that is going to be <laughs> no, the episode. I was going to say, keep it. It's important, and I think you know. This is where um, I'm not a huge fan of the people where it's all follow your passion and all of that. 
because I don't necessarily think that following your passion is the best advice for everybody. But with a membership site in particular, I think you do have to enjoy the subject. You do have to be passionate about it, as we said. Yeah, you have to want to do it, not just now, but for one year, two years. It's not like a course where you can just pull it off the shelf easily. If you've got members, you need to be consistently giving them Mm. You know, value to, for years yeah to clarify and put context around that when you're saying you're not a fan of the the follow your passion people you mean the people who say follow your passion that's all you need the yeah you will yeah 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 it's the you know there needs to be action and substance there as well you know i'm passionate about cats but i'm fairly certain that i'm not gonna <laughs> kind of you know have a have a good business that's cat related really yeah unless you were to spend the time shaping that into something that can be commercialized and this is funny because i'm you know i'm ranting and raving about this notion of being purely oriented by money and and all that sort of stuff and you know being solely motivated by um what you can make and all that sort of stuff without uh you know just chasing down hot niches and and so on but i don't want that to paint the picture that um i'm adverse to making money and you know that you shouldn't look at at certain things in in the sort of way where you're looking at how can this be commercialized you have to marry that passion element with business sense and knowing you know this is how i leverage this passion this is how i commercialize it this is how i turn it into a commodity uh so when I rant and when I call all you guys lazy and greedy for just chasing money without giving a single care for the what, you know, if you want to create a, mo- uh, uh, a membership site about mobile ringtones, so I, I always think about <laughs> that was like in like 2004, that was top of the top 10 hot niches thing. Do you want to create a membership site around something you couldn't give a hoot about? just because somebody's told you this is a way of making a fast book, then, yeah, that's that's not a good route to go down. But you need to look at the stuff you are passionate about, you are knowledgeable about, that you do have skills in, and apply some business sense and figure out how can I make money from this in a way that also enables me to serve people and also enables me to help people as well, you know, because – if you're not making money from it, and this is where Cali says, all you need to do is follow your passion and everything will, you know, everything will follow. Well, no, you need to make some money because if you don't make money, you're actually doing a service to the people you're trying to help because yeah. you can't then, you've got nothing to invest. You can't commit yourself to focusing on helping these people out because you're going to go bankrupt and be on the yeah. streets. You, you know, can't pay your bills with passion alone. Exactly. Exactly. You need to have some goddamn dollars, cents, pennies, pounds, whatever. So you need to marry the stuff up. But if that's your only motivation, then, um, yeah, your membership will not be long for <laughs> this world. Um, so I'll say hi to Mike. Mike, thank you. Um, yeah. I, and Pascal. Oh, Pascal's replied as well. Pascal's replied. His Facebook like literally just start telling people that we're here um thanks you guys for joining us we are um kind of hey 
Pascal, no need to apologize. We are winging this. <laughs> yeah, we're just making this up as we go along, yeah. guys, and having a little chat. Yeah, we are completely winging this. Um, <laughs> this is something that I impromptu scheduled in and then um, proceeded to kind of uh, uh, pop down the wrong time in my own diary for when it would be. So we are just kind of getting to start on. But what's happening here is we're recording a little chit-chat about memberships um, to go out as part of the 50th episode of the Membership Guys podcast. So Callie and I have just been putting the world to rights on our own in here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so if either of you guys... Um, have any membership related questions if you want to pop a question uh in the chat if you want to come and join us on the blab then we'll be more than happy to have you this is our first blab as well by the yeah, way yeah we've actually got it working after yeah we've <laughs> had no time. end of problems trying uh trying to get uh blab working and i've just realized that you're kind of supposed to look at your camera aren't you but i'm looking at you so my eyes are just going to be wonky for the whole that's fine thing. i'm sure we can fix that in <laughs> or shop or what have you i don't have wandering eyeballs normally <laughs> it's all right well the main thing with this this is going to go out as audio so oh that's okay then yeah. well the video will still be there so you don't get to escape it um and we'll probably put it on the youtube channel but um yeah the main thing for this is uh, is the audio we've got mike there he's in he's at lunch in Pret a Manger. Um yeah. I haven't been to one to one them for years. Pret. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, we've been talking about the um importance of actually having knowledge, skills, experience, expertise when it comes to membership rather than just chasing the money. So rather than purely being motivated by money and um, you know, why trying to chase the gold that goes down and trying to skip that part where, you know, you actually show up or put any real effort in is kind of the, the wrong way of going about things. And, um, yeah, things got a little bit heated. Yeah, <laughs> might have, have a couple of soapbox moments there. Yeah, I may have offended um, you know, some people, but, hey, so what's going to happen when uh, you put me on a – on a camera without a script and just uh, just let me go for it. But then those people aren't our target audience. That's not the kind of people that want to build membership sites that we're looking for. Exactly, exactly. Pascal. Hey. Hi, good afternoon. Hey, you okay? We are good. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you very much. I'm having, uh, I was doing a lot of admin work, so this is a welcome distraction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. The good thing is you, you get to categorise it as, as work. Mm -hmm. So it's all right. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So welcome to Blab. Is that not your first session, is it? Or It is. Yeah, Time first. <laughs> yeah we had uh, we wanted to start doing a, a regular show sure. um, to tie into our Facebook group. But then just as all the recent technical problems with Blab kind of kicked in, that was around about the time we started. We were looking to start this. So um, I think this is possibly the first time Callie's actually been able to be Yeah, this is the first in. time I've been able to actually log on and use it since what for the social media marketing world where we first wanted to do it wasn't yeah. it so about three months Had a lot of problems. So. okay i mean i've heard about it and there was you know quite a bit of rompers last week but i mean uh, I'm, I'm launching the weekly show um in two weeks time awesome. and and we're going to go with it and, and roll with it and see you know um i think the quirks of blab would be what, what they are 
Um, mm. uh, until such time a new platform can bring us the um, this ability to you know, add the social element as we have yeah. on the chat. Um, yeah. I think I'm still going to become a, a big fan. But um, the reason I wanted to jump in was that I have a question for you, if that's okay. Go for it. Um, can you think of any uh, kind of scenarios or circumstances where whereby a membership website would not be right for, for somebody? Go for it, Callie. Uh, the first one that comes into my head is if your topic's very finite. So if you're not going to be able to constantly add value to the site, whether that's courses, content, you know, community, then it's better off as a course rather than a membership. With a membership, you need to know that you've got enough ongoing content or enough ongoing value. It doesn't necessarily need to be new content all the time for your site to be sustainable to keep people around. Um, so I would say that for me, that's kind of that you get some topics like, um, you know, Facebook ads, for example, where, you know, somebody could probably learn all they need for that in a quick and easy course. You wouldn't necessarily have a membership mm. about it unless you were keeping them update on all the latest changes and things. Yeah, all like really drilled down to specific. Yeah. But, you know, there's, I mean, there's only so many um, ways you can teach somebody to bake a party, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, um, but, I, <laughs> but I will say I think most topics can be created in such a way that a membership can be made from them. It just mm. takes a little bit of creative thinking sometimes and kind of um, going outside the box a little bit and expanding your your topic limitations yeah i would say uh, i would say as well as that so your, your topic and and what in particular about your topic you want to teach so um you know if if for yourself and obviously you're a filmmaker and you teach people uh, about video marketing and storytelling through video now that's that's an expansive topic. That is something you. I joined that site. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, we're trying to get it more into video marketing as well. So you know, if you wanted a membership around the subject of video marketing, then um, then you know that is something that's suited to a membership. If you, if the specific element you wanted to teach, and this is all you wanted to teach, was um, how to set up a home studio for mm. um, doing your videos, and that's that's as far as you want to go within your topic then you're you're going to be out of content within a couple of months you know you can probably milk it and squeeze it but you're going to be out and then if there's nothing else to add the community element uh is is going to be diminished and it's just going to fizzle out and so on so i think the topic and the depth to which you want to dive into it is a factor i think the amount of work you want to do on it as well it's a lot of work to keep a, a good, successful membership running. Um, it's more leveraged work than dealing with clients one-on-one because you're not just using that time once. You spend a week producing something for a client they or helping a client or coaching a client, they take that away and it's gone. You don't have that anymore. And you have to then do that again with somebody else. So you're not creating any permanence in, mm. in, in what you're producing. Whereas if you spend a week creating a course, that's permanent. That's now there. That's added value that is part of your product that will always be there for you to build on. Um, so the work that you're doing is better leveraged for you. It's more fulfilling as well for us personally. We were talking about this before amongst ourselves, you know, Often I find, um, having worked in uh, web development, online marketing, 
the frustration that can sometimes come from knowing that your full skill set isn't being tapped into and knowing that even though if if your client would just do all these things and really take advantage of all the ways you can help them, it'd be great. But actually what they want is just a website or what they want is just a video for their about page. And it's just a box for them to tick off. That can that can really drain you as a business person, I think. Um, so with a membership, you get to kind of set terms really on, on what you're teaching and you get to really flex your muscles. And there's a lot of satisfaction that comes from that. And, uh, and then of course, so, so yeah, coming to the reasons not to, it is hard work. There is still work to be done. Um, it can, you know, for us, between the two of us, all we do now is our membership, but it's a full-time job still, but it's fulfilling work and you get a lot more from it. And, um, you know, it's, it's very much worth it. And I'll say as well, ours is a full-time job for us because that's the way we wanted it to be. Mm. So we wanted to be quite accessible We want and things like that and hands-on in the community. You don't necessarily have to be. So it's kind of, you know, plenty of people run a membership site as an addition to their business and things like that. It's yeah. just we always knew that this was going to be a hands-on mm-hmm. thing for us. But I think the main point is if you're creating a membership to get away from doing any work, which I'm no one is with yourself, but you know, um, if the idea is to reduce the amount of work that you're having to do down and down until you're not doing any work at all, then um, membership's probably not the way to go. No, and the reason for asking the question is um, I do a lot of mentoring, as you will know, I sometimes take part in enterprise um, initiatives. And, you know, it's, well, I suspect that's what I just missed, you know, when I joined you, people are just kind of jumping the bandwagon a bit. Yeah. But their motivations are another one that I, I feel comfortable with as, as a mentor. So motivation would be, I'm going to make money out of this. I said, well, mm. yeah, I'm sure you will eventually, but that shouldn't be the starting point because, you know, yeah. the service you have to provide as the, yeah. the head of this membership com- you know, and, and community is going to be quite substantial. Yeah. And, and it also this complete kind of uh, ignorance around, you know, how much, how much work it takes. And I said to people, have you even tried cutting your teeth into running a Facebook group just mm-hmm. at that level to really appreciate what it's like to look after people so yeah. well? And I think for me, and I'm sure you guys will do a good job to correct that thinking, it started to, you know, bubble away a bit like, you know, back in the days of the e-commerce websites. You know, someone would uh, come to me back in the heydays of one Northeast and so on and say, hey, I want an e-commerce website. And you're going to sell what? Sell this thing. I said, well, is that your passion in life, this thing? So now just something I came across that I think I could make money out of, you know, and think, wow, that is the strangest way to build a business, a business Mm. model, you know? And I think with the membership websites, I'm I'm hearing a bit of that, you know, a way to make money without having to work hard or even being passionate about the thing that I'm going to be running. It's kind of a strange yeah, definitely. I think because, you know, you do need to show up and you do need to, you know, continuously think how can I how can I add value to this? Because, you know, it is a membership is a value exchange. You keep providing value to your members, they'll keep adding value to you. Um, mostly in terms of giving you money, but also helping you shape your product and uh, you know, doing your, your marketing for you and going out and spreading the good word but sure. it is an exchange so without that passion behind it um you're not going to have as much to give and you're not going to you're not going to sit in an evening and spend time thinking you know actually how can i make this even better yeah you're not going to be invested in it. no you're no, always going to be chasing the money 
people are going to find you out within a few yeah. a few months. So hang on, this yeah. guy doesn't really care about his subject that much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, we were talking before before you jumped on about about exactly that. That you know, you kind of have to give a shit about your members yeah. and, and care about them actually achieving success and implementing what you're teaching and getting a result from what you're teaching sure. you know and a good membership is all about the relationship that you build with your members as well yeah. and if somebody is just kind of in it for the money then you miss that element out completely and and that most people will notice that yeah and the mm. thing is actually if you're in it for the money um it's not going to come overnight <laughs> you know the 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 Big thing about memberships, particularly compared to courses, is obviously it's a slower burn. Yeah, when you when you open the doors and you launch, you'll get that initial influx of members um, from your launch tactics, from the fact it's new and what have you. But the whole financial side of things is that you are continuously building your income. So if you are just after money, then it would be quicker to just do a course because mm. those are better for that kind of one-off hit of cash. Um, but obviously, with that again, if you're just doing it for the money, it's it's just I think that is your primary motivation narrows down that really narrows your chance of actually being successful because well, it's I, going to dominate everything you do. And, and I think more importantly, I mean, you know, I was thinking of the the next action is to the to the next one, and um, I've heard people come to me with the, literally their business was to employ people from you know um, from the Far East to Eastern Europe. So they could charge to very little. So they would actually commission someone in the Far East to design a course. They would put on Udemy to make money out of that. Yeah. And I, and I remember th sitting and thinking, I can't even get passionate about this as your mentor. <laughs> you know, I, I can't even. So I said, I'll give you some pointers around the marketing bit, but I think that's pretty much as far as I'm going to take this relationship because, yeah. you know, I need someone who's passionate. You know, I, it kind of, you know, I get infected by that. And so. Mm. They're the ones who can send me some emails. What about this? What about the other? And then I can support them. But someone I can essentially trying to, I know this expression that uh, Apal Kruzaka use a lot, you know, gaming the system. Yeah. It's just not uh, that interesting. Yeah. So, and that, yeah, definitely. I was just wondering is it possible that, you know, you could be running a membership website for just a finite period of time? Would you say, listen, there's a subject I want to explore for maybe a year or two and, and let people know that that's what you're doing. Is that, is that possible? Yeah, I think there's definitely, um, there's some people I know who kind of have a subject like that where um, initially it started off as a monthly membership site and then they kind of came to the end of what they could teach about it. Mm -hmm. And that was about 18 months. And then what they actually did was they then transitioned it to a lifetime membership. So now they do it as a, you pay 12 monthly payments you get all the content and then you've got a lifetime membership. So it, it's kind of, you can definitely do finite content, but it's looking at a different way of packaging it up. So yeah. it's kind of, this is all you're going to get. You still get access to it after that. You get access to me and things like that, but you're not necessarily getting new content. Yeah. So it's, it's almost then becomes like a, a 12 month program. Yeah. So you're enrolling on this program for 12 months. During that time, you will be getting new modules of the course. You'll be getting new stuff. The community will be active in their discussion around this thing. Um, but once it's done, you stop paying, the new stuff stops coming. You can call back to it anytime you need to. Yeah. You can, you know, come back in six months' time and redo the course if you want. But essentially our focus time together is is over. That's kind of that's it's almost the um it's kind of 
partly a hybrid in between model between yeah membership like an ongoing perpetual membership and just the one hit and and if community is a big element of that as well then you can continue having i know people that do a similar thing but they get to a certain point and then you have a reduced monthly membership where you're essentially paying for continued access to the community rather than new content so there's a couple of different ways you can do it um but yeah you can do it with with finite confidence yeah um, i think i think communicating that and and being clear about what what people are actually getting um is is key to it because yeah i think the biggest challenge if you're running a membership and it's just a traditional membership where you're just adding stuff and you're doing maybe live training every month and community and then decide that the model no longer works for you then it's an entirely different kettle of fish trying to kind of figure out okay yeah yeah, and and you know do you close the doors completely and just kind of say sorry guys this is it do you let it just die out naturally and just kind of stop showing up um or you know do you do something else do you transition them to um a lifetime membership let them stick around for as long as they want to but just tell them you know um essentially i'm not going to be here anymore but this is where having that site so you might have finite content but if you were drip feeding that content so somebody joins in january and somebody joins in june and they both get the same content the first month in their membership site then that can essentially for you be an ongoing membership site where you've got people joining all the time going through the content all the time and things so it's finite for the member it's not finite for you if that makes sense in terms mm-hmm. of you can always have new members joining yeah not sure if i explained that very well no, that's be fine so as you guys um you know are looking ahead i'm sure new technologies and new platform that can help you be a better you know membership managers is there anything coming up in the future that you're excited about not really <laughs> um, <laughs> well there's yeah, it's kind of the thing that's exciting me most is um, the increasing accessibility to automation uh, of of emails, but not automation that is actually like can can add and and enhance like a user experience and what have you. So you know, when it comes to email marketing, when it comes to sending people content. Um, that you kind of say, I'm sending this because you've looked at this course or what have you, and that ability to kind of to to almost automate to, a, to automate and personalize to a degree the member experience. Um, that's very cool. And there's some some cool tools out there. There's some called Intercom, for example, which is very good for um, that that interaction with members and just giving that little bit more personal touch um, and and kind of automating a response to the member behavior that you know, lets you make people feel like even though they're joining a site of a thousand that what they're doing is tailored to them and you know they have a way of, of contacting you from a tech point of view from a platform point of view membership platforms and membership plugins still have like so far to go even on on some of the basics like it's so it's odd the the membership plugin um scene i don't think they i don't think a lot of like the fundamental boxes have been ticked um across even some of the best membership plugins so 
yeah, it's it's kind of and and the the biggest hole is the community side of things. Um, you know, you still have to either put up with a very basic solution that no one really wants to to use to interact with with other members, or you have to like stitch together five or six different pieces of technology. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I think. In terms of future looking, I'm just looking forward to more and more people, pardon my French, getting their shit together with the technology um, in terms of membership plugins. So there's some companies coming through who are, you know, doing that, but it's slow, slow yeah. moving. And I think for me, kind of leading on from that, one of the things that I'm excited to see how it involves and how it becomes more used by membership site owners is stats and reporting. Mm. So that's one of the major areas that most membership plugins are rubbish at. They either don't give you anything or they give you really basic stats. And it's such an important part of your health of your membership site. No, you know, knowing things like your churn rate, your growth rate, and you know, all of those metrics and most membership plugins don't give you any help with that. So you're left kind of cobbling together an Excel spreadsheet. I think that's Whereas, yeah. I think that's what I think that takes a lot of people by, by surprise as well. The very fact that yeah. you know the absolute basic KPIs for a membership, um, you know, average membership length, average customer lifetime value, churn rate in particular, um, they are maybe what three membership plugins that give you any reporting whatsoever. Yeah. Three or four, yeah. and of those, I think only one of them actually reports churn lifetime value and so on and you have to pay over the odds to get access to that so it's such yeah Yeah. it's funny but but that's why i'm enjoying so um very silly there's been a few platforms for SaaS that have done this for a while Mm. that are now kind of being taken over a little bit by membership communities so profit well for example is a really good example it's a third-party software but like the stats, the metrics and things that that will give you just by hooking up to your payment processor is so much better than you get with any current membership plugin. And, you know, I'm excited to see where where those kind of platforms go and how they start to be utilized more for yeah. our kind of membership sites than just SaaS. Um, I would say outside of like the membership technology and plugins, this Blab yeah. is possibly yeah. Blab is possibly the thing that has excited me most um, of the broader range of kind of tools and platforms that are out there. It's just um, it's it'd be a shame if they head too far off in a direction away from um, publishers, which they seem to be suggesting they want to do. So it will be a shame if they try too much to go after you know the the teens just hanging out watching videos together i don't actually think that's where yeah i don't think you want to do that work for that i think stuff like what you can blab is such an incredible platform and my hope um is that they don't screw with the platform too much Um, Uh, i I would agree i mean mm. even just what they've given us for now i mean from the, you know, it could be a solopreneur all the way to a corporate. I mean, you could have team meetings and, and that type of things. Mm. Um, and I don't have the stats, but I would imagine that anybody that creates a solution will get revenue from corporates, not from, forgive me, uh, yeah. teams and, yeah. and kind of families. Do you know what I mean? It's just, I think what the, well, I'm hoping they leave it as it is because actually it works well. Mm-hmm. Out the, some of the glitches. But listen, we've been live now for nearly 25 minutes and everything's gone well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's it's quite you know it's not as if it's happening all the time. And I think that point that you're seeing there, you know, even like look at the other social like the big social networks, Facebook, Twitter, 
their revenue comes from companies, from publishers. And, you know, so I think the risk lab take by by shunning them a little too much or peeing them off a bit too much. I mean, we were over in Social Media Marketing World in March. Blab was the talk of the whole conference. Yeah. They, that, that whole thing may as well have been sponsored by Blab. And the CEO was there. He was there. So he saw this. He saw 3,500 people sitting in a room being called the future of marketing, essentially, mm. is Blab. Well, listen, it's very easy. You know, someone like me would deliver training courses to between 50 to 200 people a week. And I tell every single person about Blab. So even at my very, very micro level, yeah. especially a year, I can make a huge difference. I think what, what you know, they can certainly, um, you know, a, a cater for the teens market. Mm. But, you know, if you look at the lessons of, of the past, what, what teenagers like my kids want to do, they just want to message with each other to sort their social life out. Yeah. They have no interest in interaction and engagement, um, which is which is why you know they all moved away from Facebook because it was too much hard work. Yeah, yeah. and they moved yeah. on to Messenger with Snapchat because essentially I want to be able to grunt or, or put an emoji that simulates my friend that went to the next bit, and and I don't think that you know this is the demographics that challenges platforms and developers enough yeah. to take us to the next level. Now, yeah, I mean like. Um, Back in the days of, you know, uh, even the banking industry, open a bank account now when you're just washing your dad's car to put your fiver in the bank because obviously I hope that you'll become a customer when you, you get your first job. Mm. Um, so I get, you know, this idea of doing a light version. But, um, you know, again, we've, we've not had an official announcement from Blab, so I think... Yeah, I think, I think it's, it is a shame they seem to have burned quite a bit of goodwill with some of their biggest... Um, their biggest advocates in this space. I think now people are realizing that even if they're if, if they're changing their position there and their message to try and target that market a little more, that doesn't mean that we can't continue using this for as long as it stays. Yeah. You know, well, it goes back to your to your um, point about the um, membership website that becomes a lifetime membership. You know, you just mm. live as is. And, and, and you can you can you can move on. Yeah. What, what um, I think you know for, for me, what, what this is proving is that from a PR case point of view, silence is not a good thing. Yeah, because yeah. essentially what we've had since um, last Friday, I think a Thursday, people have been speculating and getting a little anxious about it. I mean, like for me, I've been promoting, as you know, my weekly blab show now, starting on the first of July. I'm like, oh Jesus, man, uh, and we're still going to go ahead <laughs> with it. But I'm thinking. I would, I would yeah. really welcome a, a, an official statement of sort, yeah. so that I can plan. Yeah. You know, I'd be more than happy to do, let's say, 10 episodes mm. on Blab and then move on to a different platform or, yeah. or to call it quits because there's something else out there. But silence is not a good thing from a PR yeah. point of view. Definitely not. And um, and I think especially now, I know Juanita's there in the chat and she's mentioning Facebook Live, which was also, yeah. you know, kind of the talk of social media marketing world. It's all, it's only a matter of time before they come with something for collaborative video um, interaction. And if Facebook I mean, Live were to fill the void, fill the, the void, or fill the void, people think is going to be left by Blab, then yeah. Blab will just be in the dust. I mean, you can already do that with tools like Wirecast now. If you look at shows like Geeks University, who are doing their whole show on Facebook Live every day, and they get guests on and 
and you know similar to this but in some ways yeah. more people want uh, to specialize yeah they want to use video in more creative ways and of course you'll know a lot more about that than we do but we're even seeing that just from the way the lengths people are going to 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 achieve these kind of ends and so uh with um you know, I'm sure you've seen this guy called Ian Anderson Gray, um, who wrote this article about how to use, um, is it OBS, one broadcast yeah. or, something, yeah. or something like that. And that just exploded because people want to figure out how do we, how do we yeah. do this cool stuff with video that just makes it easy to tap into uh, the audience, something like Facebook Live gives you without having to wait for them to come up with the features and, you know, you've even got people syncing blabs to Facebook Live. People want to do it. They want to do it. The hunger's there. They've had a taste of what you can do with blab. So yeah. if Facebook if Facebook came out with a way of having people do what we're doing here, it wouldn't even need to have all the bells and whistles that blab has for it kind of to kill blab. No, I mean, I think, you know, you know what, what we need, we as in, you know, those who are in businesses or consultants or speakers like Winita, we need a platform where we can have a panel discussion, which is what Blab yeah. is so attractive to me, even ahead of Periscope and Facebook Live for now. And um, because I know that, you know, the audience who's watching on the other side of the screen, they're getting a richer experience if I can ask you questions and vice versa. At yeah. the moment, with Periscope and Facebook Live, although I'm a huge fan, it's, mo it's a very monologue. It feels like it anyway. Yeah. And, and I feel like I'm not giving the audience uh, as rich an experience than I can on something like Blab. So if, if Facebook Live can allow anyone to invite guests on a panel, then you're yeah. laughing, of course. Yeah, yeah, and it's a game changer, and um, it's it's an area that well, up until Blab sort of started getting prominence, really, you had go to webinar and what have you, and so you've got a technological barrier for people to do it. They've got to download software. So, I, I, I hopefully, you know, this whole chasing the millennials and thinking that kids want to get together in a video chat room and look at each other's faces while there's a video. I mean, the whole the whole reason for all these messaging things is so that you can, you know, type LOL to say so that you're laughing. You know, people often they'll, they'll, they'll type LOL. Well, they're using emoji because they're not actually doing that stuff. And it's just... Yeah, for I me, I mean, I kind of use my kids as a bit of a you know, test, you know, so mm. my son is um, 18, daughter is 16. And so I was saying, you know, is that amazing, this video stuff? It's, uh, it's not. I said, why yeah. not? Well, because my daughter's worried about what, what, she, what she looks on screen. So she's yeah. too worried about it. So she doesn't actually put the camera on. So she's ended up just using audio. So why don't you just ring them then, you know, and all that is just text and so on. And my son just sleeps all day, so he's never on video anyway. So, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's an odd move. It's a very odd move. I thought the timing of it was so crazy as well. Um, you know, straight after a very hot opportunity for them with their social media marketing. <laughs> and bringing us back to membership sites as well, I mean, we loved the idea of using this for um, mastermind discussions. You know, and, and to be able to have, because we do a, a monthly um, mastermind call where you know people submit questions in advance and they can submit it in the chat room. So that step further, being able to possibly do a private lab session, having that extra 
yeah. element of not just taking the question, us reading it out and saying, you know, John from wherever wants to ask this, you know, a guest someone to come on. How cool is that? And like you said before, you know, it's it's being able to plan ahead and not knowing or not having that certainty can be enough of a barrier to 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 stop it because if we switched to that for our membership site or like for us obviously anything like this if we were to do a course showing people how to use this for their membership site and then blah pulled the plug or they made it so that you couldn't invite someone on or something like that then all of a sudden all that time and that that investment has been uh, redundant absolutely so, Listen, I know you guys are getting other questions from your from your viewers, so um, I shall um, let you go. But thanks very much for allowing me to jump in. Absolutely, thanks yeah. for jumping on, Pascal. Yeah, and, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm quite impressed. It's been a very stable call as well, you know. So it has. Yeah, it has. It's yeah. been good. It has been okay. good. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, yeah, we'll speak soon. You take care, guys. Bye bye. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, yeah, so we had. Um, I, I know we had. Uh, We've had a couple of questions in. We've had Winita and Mike have asked questions. We'll um, we'll answer Winita's question there uh, first, I think. Just uh, so um, yeah, yeah. Mike, had, yeah. To Mike had to nip <laughs> off. Mike was on his lunch break, so uh, he'll no doubt be watching on a replay or listening in on the podcast. Uh, so we Winita want to know in our experience, what are the best WordPress membership plugins to use with LMS plugins, so learning management system plugins? Kali is. <laughs> the rain man of the membership guys when it comes to membership plugins like i'm i'm the techie i'm the one with the tech background i'm the one with the you know programming hog or stuff and daily i have to go to her and say if i want to do this 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 and this what system should i use so <laughs> i have to get tech advice from Kali on plugins so with our build-up Away, Kelly. What are the best, <laughs> the best WordPress membership plugins to use with learning management system plugins? Uh, first of all, it depends on the LMS plugin. So the first thing I'll say is that if you're using Woo Sensei, then use Woo memberships. They're designed to work together. Yeah. You know, if you can keep things in the family, then unless there's something very particular that you want to do that Woo memberships can't do, then stick with Sensei and memberships. For the other options, so Learn Dash or WP Courseware, the two main other options, then um, something like MemberPress. MemberPress has a lot of different ways that you can protect content, so there's very little that you can't do with it. So it works really well with LMS plugins. Um, a wishlist is um, wishlist is fine as long as you don't want to drip any content. Um, I'm my big bugbear with wishlist is that, you know, after however many years, they still don't have a good content dripping system. But so if I only had to pick one plugin to work with LMSs apart from Woo Sensei, it would be Member Press at the minute um, and Member Mouse um, for Learn Dash. There we go. So I know yeah. Pascal's Another... asking there if we're still happy with Woo Sensei. We don't, it doesn't top our lists for anything really, does it? Um, um, I think Callie's main, the points Callie's making there in particular about Woo Sensei, you know, it's not bad. It's, I mean, it's it's from Woo, the Woo guys are, are slick and all that, but I think the main point being there definitely is if you are using Woo Sensei for your LMS or if you're using, you know, if, if you want your membership to also sit alongside your e-commerce site and your e-commerce site using Woo, 
it makes sense to to use the different components that are all still within Woo because they are they're designed to slot together. And Woo Woo the guys at Woo themes can be a little sneaky. Every couple of years they change something, something. Fun, fundamental about the core of of their offering. So they'll change something about how um, theme developers need to uh, integrate with WooCommerce. And, um, you know, when they do that, that's really just to kind of uh, keep you just buying Woo stuff rather than buying one bit from Woo and getting a bit from somewhere else or what have you. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Reese is just asking, did I say member press with LearnDash? And yeah, um, it's not listed as an integration, but that's essentially because you don't need to do anything extra to integrate the two of them. Um, you would basically use member press for the protection of payments and things and then use LearnDash for all the LMS system. Um, when it comes to LMS plugins, an interesting one to keep an eye on is Lifter LMS, yeah. which actually has the membership plugin inbuilt and... Um, that's a, a really neat little system. There's a few things that it doesn't quite do as well yet, like email integrations. Um, but other than that, if you're looking for basically a WordPress equivalent of a course platform like Teachable or Thinkific, then I would actually recommend giving Lifter LMS a look. Lifter LMS, we've got when he asked now to spell it Lifter yeah. L I F T E R. And they've actually just moved to a freemium model. So yeah, you, um, you can test it all free. out free or or even set your whole site up with it free. And I was really impressed with it because they've got a lot of inbuilt functionality that other LMS plugins don't quite have yet. So they've got an engagement system where you can create badges and stuff all on site without needing a separate plugin like you would with other course platforms. Yeah. So it's it's one that I'm keeping my eye on because I think it's destined for good things. Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, it is. It is kind of funny with uh, this kind of got what Pascal was asking about um, technology working together, and um, you know, which um, you know, what sort of stuff are we excited about? And I think it is. It's actually, you know, when is just saying there, she's had problems with plugins not talking to each other. I think for us, it's um, it's having these platforms starting to play nice with each other or at least being able to kind of uh, zone in on a smaller selection of solutions that you know reliably either do everything under one roof or aren't going to be a total pain in the backside to get to work with uh, with other stuff. So, um, yeah, hopefully that's uh, answered your question there. We need, uh, what we do have as well uh, when it comes to membership plugins, uh, which you may or may not have seen, our website is at themembershipguys.com. If you go there, just on the right-hand side, we actually have uh, a, a membership plugin comparison chart. So if you're shopping for membership plugins, essentially, then we've literally as well to kind of accompany that. We've just released a, a blog post a day about the features to look at when choosing a membership plugin. So if you're still in that phase where you're choosing your plugins, check that out. And that will kind of give you a run through. It might be some stuff that you might not have thought of. And then download our membership plugin comparison chart, where literally I think there's what maybe 14, 15, 16 other membership plugins. However, 12. Maybe 12. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like a man to overreg that number. And uh, yeah, so list across the top yeah. of the plugins, list of key features down the left hand side, and literally just yes, no, yes, no. 
um, on which plugins have which features. So that can help you to um, find which plugins are are going to be more suited to what your needs are. So uh, yeah, that's uh, so that's at themembershipguys.com. I think Callie's just typing that in the chat there if you want to check that out. Uh, we did have a question from Mike that came in earlier. Mike's was... Yeah, he was asking about if um, if we could talk about how you decide or schedule what to actually do in that because there's so much to do. So is this in terms you know, of content? Do we think? Um, I think in just terms of general membership site management um, and kind of just getting everything available, um, getting everything done. Yeah, I mean. For a start with that, we often do get people kind of asking, um, you know, we, we put a lot into our own membership. And so uh, in terms of our availability, in terms of content and all that sort of stuff, we do have to remind our, remind people regularly that there is two of us. So we do have that little bit of an unfair advantage on, yeah. <laughs> on other people. So, you know, for anyone who's actually members of our site, uh, if you are setting your expectations of what you're going to be able to get done on what we do, then remember there's two of us. So we kind of get a cheat there. Um, in terms of actually scheduling and and um, and stuff like that, then we kind of we have we, we plan out three we plan out specifics three months in advance. So we at the beginning of every month we sit down for a day with a whiteboard and uh, just map this stuff out and you know obviously so now we're we're planned up until is it the end of september um yeah july august september there we go beginning of july we'll review all of that because obviously things change and we'll kind of add october into the mix and so on so we always try and keep three months ahead of ourselves and um that goes for courses that goes for um, blog posts that goes for um, basically any content member content or not any major feature releases and so on we kind of try and map that out as well so in terms of signposting and putting this stuff in the pipeline it's it's just having a a, a short enough period to for it to be manageable but a long enough period for it to not constantly be doing this stuff on the fly with uh, our week-to-week stuff, we kind of just have a loose, almost sort of checklist of what we do every week. Um, we have, you know, member news emails that go out every every Saturday. They're always... Oh, not sure where Mike went there. But, yeah, as he was saying, every Saturday then we do our member email. So that goes out every Saturday, um, and that's something that I do... Um, our weekly, um, we do two calls a month for our members, which are always every um, every two weeks, essentially. And we generally just um, prioritise the things that are going to add the most value to our members first. So, you know, adding courses, being in the community, answering questions. So we always make sure that we spend a lot of time in our community forum and, um yeah, we spend a lot of time in the community, which isn't something members often comment on, how accessible we are. But um, 
but yeah that's something we enjoy doing and we actively make the choice to do especially with a topic like memberships where there is so much tech and so many different things involved and yay mike's back yeah after we said about we had no problems yeah that was literally like literally the page you know, in Chrome where you get the, oh, snap, something's gone wrong. Like, didn't even click anything or anything like that. It just it just went. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of caught you picking up the button there, so that was uh, was good. It's almost like... We... I'm not very good at spontaneity, though. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I think um, uh, some people are really, really good with being organized. And, um, you know, some people will use Scrum and Agile <laughs> methodology i've never been one of those people and uh Callie hasn't either so um you know we we have to try quite hard to be organized <laughs> if we're being really honest yeah. yeah so you know we have just enough organization to kind of keep us um on track but i definitely think at the core at the heart of that is first of all is knowing what you're knowing what you're doing knowing what you want to achieve and deliver um with your membership and that that trickles down and informs a lot. Uh, you will get into a flow of content production of your weekly tasks. So you know what are the things you absolutely must do every single week, every single month, every single quarter, every single year within your membership. You know, having those those. If nothing else gets done this week, what gets done? Having those as your set rules for yourself. Um, cutting yourself a little bit of slack as well. You know, we always think that we need to spend more time producing stuff and we need to produce more and do more than we actually do. Um, you know, using tools, we like Trello. Um, uh, Asana we use as well, yeah, which we actually, yeah, just mentioned, and yeah. we actually use uh, Asana ourselves. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I use Trello because he doesn't like Trello as much. So that's why we now use Asana because it's a happy medium, but I still, I still use Trello. I, use, I collect my blog ideas in Trello. Um, so finding the systems that work for you, but it's just about starting somewhere. So my, you know, don't think that you need to sit down and plot out this really rigid uh, organizational strategy and then all of a sudden you're going to be organized. Just start with something, find what works for you, you know, Start using Trello to note down your ideas. Um, you know, put together a spreadsheet of the content you want to create for the next three months, and then it'll evolve and it'll it'll shape itself around you. But um, yeah, hopefully that's helped. Anyway, we're probably I, I do think we should actually bring someone into the academy to do a training session on time management and organization because um, neither of us are particularly good at it. <laughs> but um, yeah, you just. I think the big thing as well, one of the main things is to uh, not be too hard on yourself and remember that you get to set terms. You know, if if it's a struggle for you to create one new course every single month for your members, don't do it. You know, change it. Make it one new course every two months and find something that is more manageable to deliver um, on a month-to-month basis or what have you. Or... You know, if you're struggling to create courses because your courses are 20 hours long, change it. You know, don't create big 20 hour long epic courses anymore. Find another way to affect the same change, to deliver the same results, and deliver the same value to your members. You set the pace with your membership. Your members don't. And if you piss off one or two members because they expect you to give them this enormous 
course every month or what have you, then you don't want those people as members anyway. Uh, so yeah. yeah. We're big fans of creating your membership around your own needs yeah, you and your own say. availability and your own, you know, um, how you want things yeah. to run as well. You get to set the terms and, you know, you're, you're obviously the, the goal is to enable you to deliver results and deliver transformation and deliver value to your members and actually if you're breaking your back and burning yourself out you're not going to be able to do that so you're doing a disservice to your members if you are making it too difficult for you to actually service them all right i think that's a good place to leave it around about that point was where uh, we realized that we'd been going for about an hour and 10 minutes or an hour and 20 minutes we got a little bit carried away a little bit swept up and we were actually quite enjoying that whole live q a format and i think as we mentioned it was something that we planned to do as a regular thing kind of connected to our facebook group at talkmemberships.com where we thought every week we would do a live blab show possibly even call it the uh, possibly even call it talk memberships you know something that connected to our live facebook group and unfortunately our timing on that seemed to coincide with a little bit of uncertainty over whether blab was actually going to stick around in its current form as well as a period where they were having some really uh, bad technical issues I think as Kali even mentioned there, up until today, she's had nothing but problems just trying to get logged into the platform. But people seem to enjoy it. We enjoy doing it. And hopefully you guys on Hearing It Back have enjoyed listening to it as well. And despite the impromptu format and the fact that it was to begin with just Kali and I talking amongst ourselves because for some reason the notification from Blab didn't quite go out to everyone we covered a lot of ground we covered a lot of pretty cool topics a lot of important stuff around memberships around um, you know the wrong kind of approach to memberships how you can handle memberships as a model if you don't really have knowledge experience expertise and all that sort of stuff and then of course when we were joined by pascal uh we got through a few questions talked a bit about video marketing i talked a bit about platforms and all that so big thanks to pascal for coming onto the stream thank you to my long-suffering other half of the membership guys for putting up with uh, my ranting at the beginning of the session and thanks to everyone who turned up and asked questions or just listen along as well let me know what you thought of that send me a tweet at membership guys let me know if you enjoyed it if you found it useful let me know if you'd like to see us doing a regular live thing or if you'd like us to use that format every now and then for podcast episodes too Thanks again for taking the time to download this episode. Thank you for being with us for 50 episodes. We are very proud of hitting that milestone and we have plenty more to come. And we appreciate greatly each and every one of you who chooses to spend a little bit of your week listening to the show. That's it from me. I'll be back again very soon with another episode of the Membership Guys podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Membership Guides podcast, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Membersite Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be 
or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.